kind of goofy one that I have is the octopus. That's where there'd be eight points scored in one, you know, scoring attempt. Uh, that's 14 to one. And like what you said, this game could be goofy. I mean, I could see either coach doing that just to try to even like score first and just go for two just because. Especially with two coaches that know each other, who worked on the same staff, and just try making the totals weird. That whole like Chip Kelly thing of like. Hello and welcome to the Flock Pod. We are at hashtag 107 here in the beautiful condo. The Avatarier producers are sleeping over there, doing some homework, getting some things done. So hopefully they won't be bothering us too much here in today's podcast. And hopefully our debut of a flock tube, our YouTube channel. So shout out to everybody watching this on YouTube for our first ever video. If you'd be so kind, please go find us on YouTube at the flock pod go find us on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms at that same the flock pod it's everywhere people apple spotify any of those other pocket cast anything you want to listen to on you can find us you can also find us on all of your favorite social media platforms at the flock pod very very easy to find please go give us all of the retweets all of the likes gotta beat those pesky algorithms here with us being the little bot duck podcast that could you can find me at Coach Justin D on those same social media platforms. Shane, tell them where you are. You can find me at Bartender Shane Six on the Twitter and at Walk a Flock of Shane Six on the Instagram. Man, that intro just gets like tighter and tighter, but also like wobbly and wobblier. Dude, I love it. Yes, <laughs> I hear you, man. So I'm excited for you because this is a big weekend. Obviously, we'll get into that a little bit more, just kind of how you're feeling as a fan going into the Super Bowl. What is is this Super Bowl 50, what, 58? I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to read the Roman numerals anymore. My my fifth grade Roman numeral education is is completely lost on me. But we will get to the Super Bowl. We will get to betting odds. We will get to our lovely duck generic corner later on. Right now, let's jump in and talk about these hoop squads because both teams are playing well, but in a different way. I feel like this women's team is really looking to rebound off a really tough two losses down there in the state of Arizona. A lot of different circumstances kind of playing into those games, both games being really ugly from i mean that arizona game was really terribly officiated in my opinion and you hate to blame it on the officials but just ugly games in general so shane wherever you want to start let's just let's talk about this women's team and kind of where they stand now after going zero and two on this arizona trip yeah i mean well like you mentioned some circumstances being not ideal for this oregon team as they travel down there some issues with their flight and all that and getting down to play you know this this top ranked arizona team and uh i think from what I noticed, it seemed like some of the pregame routine was interrupted and that kind of 
got Oregon off to a little bit of a slower start. Like you said, the officiating wasn't great, but I mean, this is the Pac-12. That's like every single game. So it's kind of just like, you can't really really use that (laughs) as an excuse. And I really saw it as just this Arizona team came out for blood. I mean, with the way that they lost in overtime in Eugene not that long ago, and that game just really slipping through their fingers when they're up 17 in the third. So, I mean, the, the thing that makes me the most worried about this trip down to Arizona is it seems like there's a couple glaring things with this team. One is that I think they can basically out basketball anybody in the Pac-12 with maybe the exception of like Stanford. But where they really uh, are going to be targeted is with physicality. It's what we saw with Arizona did. They came out with this press. They were up shorts the entire game. They were just in faces, double teaming, trapping and just setting the tone physically right away. And then Arizona State kind of piggybacked on that. And I mean, that second game, neither team played great. I wouldn't say Arizona State like ran Oregon out of the gym, but they knew that they could come out and push them around, knock them around. And that was going to set them back. And that's where these guards with Tina Pow Pow and India Rogers kind of struggle a little bit. And that's the second thing I wanted to get to is just go to scoring. It seems like Niara Sabali being the go to scoring option. When they give her the ball, it's so easy to collapse around her and then kind of like play secondary defense from there. And when, you know, our go-to scorers are Tina Pow Pow and India Rogers, they're just not getting to the rim. It's too much outside shots and too much relying on getting somebody open in the corner with Sydney Parrish and Maddie Schur and then relying on them to make these open shots. And it's just not working out in some of these stretches. I have a I have a weird comparison. This team reminds me of those early LaMarcus Aldridge Blazer teams where everything was really focused around his offensive skill set and kind of that high post offense. And then Brandon Roy was still kind of getting into who he was as a player really early on in his career. And it really relied on whether the Blazers made jump shots or not if they were going to win that game that night. And that's kind of what this team reminds me of. However, the last time they played Arizona, I feel like they, that was like a boxing match. And they answered the bell when it came to the physicality against that Arizona Wildcat team there in Matthew Knight Arena. So this team has that ability within them and i always tell players hey be careful what you do once because then you've shown me that you're capable of it and that's my expectation for you so that's why that game was a little bit of a letdown as a fan watching you just seeing these guards melt and taking the ball and you know falling backwards and just as a coach you hate seeing anybody go wacky inflatable arm flailing two person in those situations because it just shows that you're physically I mean, I hate to you, but yeah, you're just physically not stepping up to the moment. You know, you can just easily step in, create some space for yourself. And you saw them use that escape dribble a couple of times. Arizona just did a much better job of collapsing on that escape dribble. And that was something you could really tell Adia Barnes and that coaching staff for the Wildcats had focused on because the Ducks did that probably three or four times there early on, in particular in the second quarter. And it was just like a vice grip, that trap just closed down on them. So really impressive. So I want to give Arizona Wildcats their flowers you know, because that was a good game. But like you said, the game against Arizona State was just kind of an ugly game on both sides. So Let's look forward now. We've got a couple big games coming up here. We've got a COVID makeup game coming up in, what is it, 42 minutes, 43 mm-hmm. minutes here against the Washington State Cougars, and then a weekend series against the Oregon State Beavers, who are in a similar position, reeling off of a couple brutal losses. What are you looking for? What What do you want to see this Duck team do in regards to a bounce back in these next three games? 
just purely just the way they play. I think they just need to come out with some fire. I think uh, the game against Washington State against Pullman is a perfect get-back game, uh, very winnable. They can win this game in a lot of different ways, but I would like to see them just physically dominate that game and get ready for an Oregon State team that is going to be a little bit more physical, that is a bigger team, that is a team that has a lot of height where – Nira Sobley can be a little bit negated. We saw that against Arizona when their bigs didn't get in foul trouble this last time. The height can yes. be a little bit of a problem when she does that kind of up and under move. If that big doesn't leave their feet, they're coming straight mm-hmm. down on her. And I mean, everybody, I mean, that no, not to take away from Nira Sobley because I mean, her aggressiveness inside is one of the only lone bright spots we've seen when this team kind of struggles <laughs> a little bit. So Thanks, yeah, I mean, sure. just. Just ramping up for Oregon State against Washington State is what I really want to see in that first, or that matchup later on today. And then it's a perfect opportunity against Oregon State to show that you can beat teams that are going to play you like this. And you, mm-hmm. you can come out and push them around and set the tone early and just go, I mean, right from the jump. It's something that Arizona did where they got a couple fouls early in that game. And they just knew that the referees would eventually kind of swallow their whistles if they stayed with it consistently. So that, I think that's that same kind of take what they learned in that loss against Arizona and apply that to Oregon State, a lesser team skill wise than Arizona, obviously. But the same style, I think they're going to come at them the same way. So it's a perfect way to prepare for the Pac-12 tournament and then, you know, hopefully and potentially the NCAA tournament. See, I think this Washington State game is the biggest game of the three. I really, really do. Not only because Washington State right now is tied, well, half a game back in the conference standings. The Cougars are fourth, you know, right behind the Ducks at six and four. They're 14 and seven overall. So they're playing really well. And this is a tough road game playing at noon. They're always weird. So this is, this is one of those games where as a team, you can go out there and really demonstrate your mental toughness. And that's what I want to see from this team. It is. This year is kind of an anomaly, though, when you look at uh, rankings and <laughs> absolutely. And, uh, but I'm just—I mean, that's just where we are, right? Yeah. That's just—that's the—that's the nature of the business. And on the men's side, you'll be surprised to hear that it's very similar. The Cougars are right there in the standings. So I would—I would agree with you that I think that Oregon State is probably the maybe the higher team in regards to talent. But this Oregon team is three and four on the road. This is a really tough Pullman is a tough, cold place to play. It's far away. So this isn't, again, an opportunity to display that mental toughness and see what this team is really made of. I want to see Sedona Prince go out there and play a big-time role today. I want to see Tahina Pow Pow with a big-time bounce back. So I'm excited. Right when this podcast is over, that's the game I'm going to be flipping on. I've got it recorded so I can catch up. Hopefully it's – actually, I don't know if it's available on TV. I need to look. Hopefully it is. You would think a noon game Pac-12 network would would pick that up but then obviously a three and oh sweep here would be beautiful but two and one out of these three games for the ducks i think is a little bit more realistic and then looking to uh, to move forward again with some tough matchups so let's jump over here to the men's side as i mentioned kind of in a similar position um, with washington state coming up in their next three games and being close but they've actually got the stanford cardinal tomorrow night at six o'clock here at home at matthew knight arena and then the california golden bears on saturday and then also hosting the cougars on monday in a covid makeup opportunity so again i'll ask you the same question shane kind of looking back coming off of a historic weekend going and getting the mountain sweep and then beating the Beavers before, so really on a nice three-game win streak right now. What are what are you taking away from those three games and looking to apply moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, I think we both predicted that Oregon was going to drop at least one of those games on that Mountain West road trip. So it was awesome to see him, you know, first ever win in Colorado and all of that. Although still haven't beat Tad Boyle, although that's the other. (laughs) It's so true. That's a great point. And I just I predicted they'd lose one game right going into Mm -hmm. this because i thought they were going to drop one on the mountain trip and they just you know got that out of the way by losing to colorado at home which you just didn't expect so they just you know got the get back there on the mountain trip you love to see it of course we lose colorado at home and then we beat them it's like (laughs) oh of course makes all the sense in the world so i also predicted that though i just want to say when we did lose i was like watch we're gonna go beat them there now so i'm just on the record you know what i'm saying ducks over here so the first thing I want to talk about is the, the three guard lineup seems to be something that that Dana Altman has really settled in with. And I think it really wor- works really well with the the fa- famous patented Dana Altman dribble weave kind of start to the offense where Harmon, uh, Richardson and Young are all getting their hands on the rock a couple of times before they're really initiating these offenses. And when these guards get really aggressive, when they can get downhill and when they start attacking the rim, it's when they're finding the most success. Uh, the downside to this is defensively when they go into the zone with those three they tend to ball hawk a little bit and the guy guarding the corner will jump up front they'll trap and they kind of put in folly dante and frank kepning in these really poor situations defensively and it's where they're getting a lot of fouls and things have gotten a little iffy uh one thing though in that colorado game with with some of the guys extending out to the corner there and it kind of falling apart colorado taking an early lead is we got to see greg biddle come in yes and he was actually a breath of fresh air on defense. Mm-hmm. He really finds himself in the right place a lot of the time. And I'm really liking no. what he. Sorry, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. No, Nathan Biddle, that was just exciting. Oh, I jumped off my couch when I got to yeah. see him come in the game there. And he played, like you said, brought some elbows, played mm-hmm. tough. Uh, got beat a couple times. He reminded me a little bit of Frank last year, just got a little overextended on a closeout or two. But he he played well. He played well. Yeah, I just liked his his rotations and where he was able to that the help side meets the trap in the zone. I thought he was in the right spot a lot of the times where some of these guys, especially Frank, seems to be in like the worst possible spot. And uh, I mean, the the only thing that I was really looking at in the Colorado game was these these cold shooting stretches, and it, it bled into the Utah game too, which that was a little more uh, easily handled in Colorado, where they really had to fight back in the second half. Yeah, was when they get in these cold shooting stretches, it's like they're just trying to shoot themselves out of it, and you'd love to see them just try and get to the rim. I mean, Jacob Young and Will Richardson, when they're getting to the rim, this team looks like they can beat anybody, anybody. And- Mm-hmm. And it's when they're not, man, it looks like they could lose to anybody. <laughs> like, that's the, I think that's the weirdest team about this men, the men and women's team is like, at times they look like championship contenders and other yep. times it's like, I don't know if they're going to make it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. It's a, it's, it's very unusual for the two coaches of these two teams to have the, this types of inconsistencies. It is. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see these guards kind of demonstrating that inconsistency, especially with it floating back and forth between Young and Richardson, kind of who's having the dominant night back and forth. But there is a little bit of that, you know, your turn, my turn going on. I would like to see their little bit more of a flow to the offense. And that was a nice spark when Biddle came into the game, too. He just moves the ball so well. Every single mm-hmm. time he comes in on the offensive side of the ball, he moves it so well and really looks for people that's one thing that we are missing a little bit from that big position unless in has his back to the basket. He's a really good passer with his back to the basket, not as much with his fit with, you know, the face up game. 
I've been really impressed with Quincy though also and he's kind of supplanted Eric Williams in that 3-4 role and mainly doing so because of his rebounding ability and his angles there on the defensive side helping when those guards do ball hawk a little bit and being that he's kind of like a Robert Covington you know shout out you know peace out Robert Covington is now a former he's a clipper now so good for him but it's been kind of that off ball defensive ability of his that's really been shining and We'll see. I like that zone. I like it when they go more pure two, three, and then they kind of turn it into like a man to man zone um, later in the shot clock, but they've been going a lot more just pure two, three. So curious to see if that's what Dana looks to continue to do moving forward. So again, as we move forward to these next three games, which, which of these three games are you most worried about? So like I said, all three games at home, we've got Stanford, California, Washington state. I have my answer. So I'll let you go first. I mean, Cal is kind of reeling. Um, I'd probably go with Stanford. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just based on their, their size. I mean, all of th- these are three very beatable teams. Um, Absolutely. I, th- yeah. I think Washington State probably talent-wise is the best of the three, but Stanford has a bigger team, and they just seem to be a thorn. Always. Yeah, Always. No, you're right there. Every yeah. time. Yep. I'm again, I'm worried about that Washington State team. They're that upstart. They're a team that I predicted to finish in the top half of the Pac 12 at the beginning of the season. They're playing uh, much better than a lot of other pundits predicted. So that's an upstart team that I am a little afraid of. Now, this is, let's see here, as we look back, Stanford beat the Ducks on December 12th by three. Uh, down there so that was a that was a tough game for the ducks and did they get in that cal game am i missing it cal's had like the most covid and injury stuff because at one point they had like three people with covid and then like four people who were uh you know non-covid scratches mm. so it's i mean <sighs> but between yeah, like, like moving it's not scheduled either it's not rescheduled between losing matt uh what was his name matt bradley Mm-hmm. Uh, that that guard that they had that looked like a prize fighter. Looked I like mean, a linebacker. Like, yeah, between losing him and then you know just all of just the COVID nightmare, uh, I I think you know they they might be the worst team in the Pac-12 at this time. Maybe Oregon State. I still, I mean, I I still get nervous against Oregon State just because of that that guard they have. What's his name with the kind of mullet? Um, Oh yeah, he's pesky. What's his name? You're right. When he was playing, he's just he reminds me of this kid I used to coach. He's just kind of an irritant out there. Um yeah, Jer- uh I gotta look it up. Oregon. I State. should know this. I mean, the Beavers are one and nine right now, so they are definitely struggling. Oh, yeah. But it's uh I mean they cannot just they just can't put it together for oh, four is, quarters. Is it Lucas? Yes, Jared Lucas. Jared Lucas. Yeah, he's annoying. <laughs> yeah dude is a straight <laughs> baller too and now like now that they don't really like you know that they're in straight desperation mode he can just shoot all he wants which actually makes them kind of scary like i know makes you dangerous. Just one and nine but like they, he's so he makes me nervous yep no i agree with that i would probably say that yeah the beavers are probably the worst team in the conference right now three wins overall three and 17 Oh, and eight on the road, three and seven at home. I mean, just really, really struggling. You'd hope Tinkle can hang on to that job, especially with the run that they were able to make last year. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of pressure, but um, that's a, that's a situation that I'm monitoring just to, just to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, I think he gets to stay just kind of as a legacy pick, but I, I mean, 
you never know. I, I don't you think there's know. that yeah. much frustration within like the Corval- Corvallis campus. They're like, we need to get Wayne to, I mean, who are they going to go get? That's also a very good point. So yeah, shout out to you, little brother. Hang on to him for right now. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, should we jump into Duck Generate? I think we've 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 dilly dally. Let's do it, enough. man. I don't let's think there's some... there's no news, right? I haven't seen any kind of big time like recruit. I mean, there's always weird recruiting news, like so and so put the Ducks in their top sixteen. But we're I trying did just to avoid see that. on DucksWire.com. DucksWire.com. Kind of peru- perusing for my daily Duck news today yes. that uh, six Ducks have been invited to the NFL Combine. Oh, okay, that's that's nice. And let me actually pull up that website because I want to give a plug to a particular. I mean, you already have it open, right? I Dark didn't Dark. actually it, have it's it. It's always open, open on so my I computer. Just, <laughs> son of a, I just folded up again because I had closed it in order to make room for some other uh, things. But it was in um, your favorites tab. It's always in my favorites tab. Gosh, is he? They just put out so much content. I'm trying to scroll to find the article. Is it? Was it Cole Martin? Was that the interview he did? That was a really great interview. I really liked it and I wanted to give it a shout out. And I think that's the kid's name. And then uh, the article you sent me this morning from Duckswire about uh, Mookie Cook, the number four player in the country, set to visit the Ducks this weekend. So that's, again, that Oregon to Arizona, back to Oregon connection. So that'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. I believe it's Cole Martin. He's a cornerback at a, the Arizona area, also at a Basha High School. I'm getting your name wrong. I apologize, but uh, Asha, that's a cool high school. It's probably not pronounced that way, but Cole Martin. Yes, man. They just put out so much content. I had to scroll so far to get it. So make sure to go to ducksWire.com.usa. Excuse me, ducksWire.usatoday.com to make sure to get all of your duck tent. So yeah, it's a great one. We may have the uh, the audio for that uh, interview put up here pretty soon too. We'll see if we can let see if that we can get that to happen okay we've dilly dallied long enough let's jump into duck generate corner shane i'm gonna let you take the lead here i've done i've done a lot of research i'm just gonna say i dug into the trenches i dug into the DraftKings king trenches today and i did a lot of research i've got some bets that i really like i don't know if i'm gonna place any personal money down i don't know if i'm gonna enter that realm i'm thinking about it it's 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 very tantalizing, but we'll see if I actually decide to do it. Okay, I'm gonna let you take the lead. All right, uh, let's just start out here. So, I mean, obviously, Super Bowl weekend. My my Rams are in. I'm very excited. I love gambling on the Super Bowl. It's probably one of my favorite gambling days of the year. Although I just lose my ass all season long in the NFL and just lose tons and tons of money on the NFL because I can <laughs> never get it right. I do so- well in the NBA, but. You say that it's your favorite gambling day. Is Does that change now with your team playing in the Super Bowl? I'm glad you said that because that was what I was about. That's kind of what I was alluding oh, to. Oh, so, look at us. Look at us. I don't really. So now I'm kind of. I'm So pr- props become my best friend here. <laughs> there you because go. I feel like I can bet props, unders and overs, and I'm not jinxing my team in any way i will not be betting the outcome of the game i'll be betting things that affect the outcome there you go okay but if i put any money down on say the rams money line and they lose like we discussed last episode with zach not superstitious but i am a little stitious little stitious for an entire year i'll carry the guilt of we lost because of my bet so 
have you did you get into any sort of game action betting is that something oh, yeah. you've been looking at no, so, so i haven't i haven't signed up for DraftKings yet because I, I know because as I soon got as i do free bet. <laughs> <laughs> i know as soon as i do i'm gonna start gambling so i'll probably do it today i probably will because i do i really like a couple of these bets that i found today and i'm gonna save my absolute favorite bet for the end of this segment so make sure we get that out but for the game itself I like the Rams. I like the Rams in this one. I think that four and a half is a tough number to say the least, but I still like the Rams just because of how I foresee things playing out, how I see some of these matchups playing out. And we can get into that a little bit more as I get into some props and some other things. Right. Uh, yeah. Shout out to anybody that got it at the four mark because it doesn't yeah. seem like it's heading back in that direction anytime soon. So yeah, four and a half, it's kind of tough. I would personally, like I'm putting it out there on wax, but I'm not going to financially invest myself in this, that I would take that Rams minus four and a half. Uh, I think that they have the opportunity to control this game from the get-go. And anytime you have a quarterback, obviously Matt Stafford's first Super Bowl, as well as Joe Burrow's, but Matt Stafford only has about 70,000 more pass attempts under his belt (laughs) than Joe Burrow does. And just, I mean, all the years and years and years of the struggle. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I'm going to start off with my first prop bet here that I uh, invested. So my unit of betting is I usually bet $10 per unit. So this one is just a one unit bet here. I went with the Rams over three and a half sacks. I think this is going to be the biggest detriment to the Bengals. The Tennessee Titans were able to sack Joe Burrow, I believe, nine times. And uh, they don't have Aaron Donald. And it really doesn't matter what Cincinnati wants to do. Double, triple team. It really doesn't matter, especially when you have Von Miller on the outside. So that's the first bet that I really, really like in this one. And I have a couple other Aaron Donald slash related bets to this going as well. I I think we're on the same page here because that's one that I wrote down. I've got Rams over three and a half sacks. The other one that I really like that I'll say here kind of in just regards to the defense is, well, it's, it's a offensive bet but it affects the defense i like both quarterbacks to throw a pick so i like both the over on stafford and burrow on half a pick yeah i don't think i got that one in yet but that is a that's a great call especially with what matt stafford was doing this year and throwing picks in the red zone especially Mm -hmm. Uh, with that rams over three and a half sacks too you're also getting positive return on that it's plus 110 so for those novice betters out there if you bet a hundred dollars you're returning 110 on top of Mm -hmm. it uh, the next bet I have, and this one, uh, I kind of attacked it from a lot of different angles. And this is the one thing that kind of scares me about the Rams matchup here is we're going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey on uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, so that, yes. So that means we're probably going to see Darius Williams, who is a complete liability on this Rams defense, guarding T. Higgins. So I went with T. Higgins over 68 and a half receiving yards. I feel like that is even a okay. low number. I think it should be somewhere yeah. in the high 70s, low 80s. That well, one especially is be, with Uzoma not playing, right? Doesn't mm, sound like well, he's going to play. We'd, well, yeah, not I at mean, full strength. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both both tight ends too. Same injury. Kind of yeah, weird. Both, right? both down a tight end. Hey, it's the Matrix, yeah. man. Which <laughs> yeah, the Matrix? Both of the sprained MCL too. Yep. Uh, T. Higgins over sixty-eight and a half receiving yards. That is going to be minus one twenty. Uh, and I also did one unit on that one. Okay, I like that. I like that. So in regards to kind of a sneaky receptions total because of the Tyler Higby injury, 
I went the other. I like Van Jefferson over 30 and a half reception yards because Van has been a sneaky, especially big plays. They like hitting him for one big play. I also really like Van Jefferson for a touchdown at plus 245. That's a really tasty number. And the number I really like is Van Jefferson first touchdown at plus 1800. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Those are all solid. I also have Van Jefferson over uh, his receiving yards at minus 115. I like that one. And also because of that, I went Cooper Cup under 106 and a half receiving yards. Oh, interesting. Um, that one is also minus 115. Just Cooper Cup being Matthew Stafford's binky. I think mm-hmm. that Cincinnati is just going to try and take him away as early as they can. Mm-hmm. I do like Matt, uh, Cooper Cup first reception of the game. That one was plus 290. Mm-hmm. And just because I think it might be a screen to him just to try and get him involved, get him going right away and just show Cincinnati like, you know, here's our guy. And he's a guy that kind of needs to heat up a little bit. Um, we kind of saw it in the uh, Tampa Bay game that once he got going, he's he's unstoppable. But it, it takes him a second to get his motor running. But because of that, I think, like you said, I think Van Jefferson's going to have a big game. Also, I like Odell Beckham in this game. There is a bet of Odell Beckham plus T. Higgins over one and a half touchdowns. That one's coming in at plus 275, so nearly three to one. I like that. I like that. I think the one in regards to Cup that I like the most that kind of well there's one that i like that completely contradicts what you were just saying because i think there is a chance that cooper cup could just go off in this game no matter what the Bengals do and if that's the case looking at cup 175 receiving yards plus a touchdown that's plus 900 those are some really tasty odds on that if you just like the cup touchdown and you're a fan of the rams to win this game that comes in at plus 105. So that's probably the bet that I like more because that doesn't, you're not relying upon the yardage. And I think it's pretty, I'm pretty confident that Cup and Van Jefferson are going to score receiving touchdowns in this game. So I like both of those combos. Yeah. The, the receiving yards in a Super Bowl is so tough because it's always it's, so tricky. Yeah. They spread it out so much more in a game where they're focused on taking certain players away. But I still, if you want to go after his receiving his receptions, that's a good bet as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's either there kind of has to be two schools of thought when approaching this game. It's that Cooper Cup is going to absolutely dominate or that he's going to be taken away and the the supporting cast is going to elevate themselves more so i think if you're going to bet this game just attack it from one of those two angles in regards to cooper cup either go big and attack some of the especially DraftKings is laying out a nice little prop boosters for some of yes. those stat combos and stuff mm-hmm. so i mean go and go and put a little like a taste a on those a yeah, sprinkle just, on some of them just a few bucks i mean yeah. I, I was some of those just doing like a half unit to a quarter of a unit bet mm-hmm. um this all being said, I do think he's the best player on the field. I think he's uh, the best receiver in the NFL. Mm. You, you do think he's the best player on the field? Aaron Donald? I mean, Cooper Cup let he triple crown, dude. Oh, I know. I you, you don't I am Cooper Cup's like biggest fan next to Papa Cup. Don't I mean, don't get me wrong over here. I just think Aaron Donald is a physical masterpiece if you will in regards to the way that he can affect the game so i think that's why the rams that's why i'm such a fan of the rams in this game i think Mm -hmm. they have the best player on both sides of the ball so i think i'm much more comfortable saying that it's hard to quantify who's a better football player between aaron donald and cooper cup but that's a fascinating poll we should put that up well yeah i I mean 
Aaron Donald is the best player in the field. I should I should re right. Okay, I'm not crazy. Figure what I said. Yeah, I think it goes Donald. Cooper Cup will have the biggest. He is the biggest like best fantasy player. Like I don't know how you want to quantify it. Like stat stat achiever, stat accruer. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, I want to get to these real quick. We can get to some more props in just a second here. But MVP odds, just because, just while we're on the topic, I bet both Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup is six and a half to one, where Aaron Donald's coming in 18 to one. And oh, then I okay. also that's come gave... down because I looked this morning and Aaron Donald's 1600 right now. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I got it at a nice price. You got then. it at a better number than I wanted it at. And yeah. I also hit up a little sprinkle on T Higgins for all those reasons oh, that I was saying earlier. Okay. I kind of, where I was talking about, you know, going big on one player, mm-hmm. I chose T Higgins just because I think Darius Williams is. He's been the, the guy who's made me scream at the TV over this past <laughs> season and especially over these playoffs. Um, so hold on. Before you jump forward, there's two narratives that are going to have to take place there, right? If Aaron Donald wins defensive MVP, I mean, or MVP, because Malcolm Butler didn't even win Super Bowl MVP when he made that interception that broke my heart. So for a defensive right. guy to go out there and win MVP, he's got to do something special. So... I think he's got a good chance. He's never scored a touchdown before. If I'm Sean McVay and I have Aaron Donald and my tight end got hurt and isn't going to be able to play, how are you not designing at least two or three plays for Aaron Donald to jump down there on that goal line package and look for him to catch a pass? The other one that I like that we didn't mention. So if that happens, if like he catches a pass as a tight end and then he just destroys the game, has two sacks, forced fumble, that kind of a thing, that's the narrative where he wins MVP. The other one, Von Miller. Von Miller is plus 4,500 to win MVP. What if he just goes crazy? What if he just gets like a sack or two? I really like Rams defensive touchdown at plus 400. And didn't Von Miller already win a Super Bowl MVP? So he's already laid down that precedent. So that'd be really, really interesting just to see if he goes off. And that's a, I just, just a little sprinkle. You know, you're talking in form of your units, maybe just a little quarter unit on Von Miller to win MVP. Yeah, that's what I did for T Higgins at that exact same odds, just because I think he could explode for like two. You never know. And I mean, random receivers win MVP a lot more often than you think. Like Dion Branch is a Super Bowl MVP. A lot Dion more often Branch. than a lot more often than defensive players, from what we've seen. Yeah. However, uh, this game could be extremely low scoring. I could also see. I mean, this is McVay's like the under. Sec- second time around the block in the Super Bowl. The first time was against New England, and that was. I mean, some would say one of the more boring Super Bowls of all time. I thought it was pretty exciting just because it was always kind of within one or two scores the entire time. It wasn't a Anything blowout. could happen. It, it was right. the equivalent of a 1-1-2-1 pitcher's duel. That's, mm-hmm. why, that's why those games are so exciting because one play can completely change what's going to happen. But also, with that being said, McVeigh getting Belichick like that, I think he's looking forward to Belichicking one of his former staff <laughs> in Zach Stacey. I love it. I love the way uh, you put that. But I think it's a big deal that the Rams have the Rams. This was on the uh the Ringer Gambling show. The Rams haven't left their house in like a month. Right. That matters. I mean, we saw that matter last year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being the home team. And not to mention SoFi is an absolute spectacle. So mm-hmm. when you like walk into that place, just kind of the overwhelming nature. Now, Joey Burrow. 
Joey Cool. We don't expect him to necessarily get overwhelmed, but maybe some of those other Bengals just getting overwhelmed by the experience of their first Super Bowl and that experience of uh, playing at SoFi for the first time. Yeah, and a lot of young players on that offense, and then a lot of players who have been around the block like Joe Mixon, but just don't have any experience in these type of like Ooh. really high pressure situations, and especially just the way that the Super Bowl is uh, presented. There's uh, the pregame's a lot longer. There's more TV timeouts. They're longer. Halftime is a lot longer, especially this year with that the musical act being you know five artists, and yeah. I, I think it might even go <laughs> longer than they want it to. So I mean. That being said, with these younger players, I think that's where some of these Rams can take advantage. Like I said, or you said Von Miller playing in a Super Bowl four, winning an MVP. This is Aaron Donald's second time around. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's first one, but he's been around the block a little bit more now. Um, let's get into some more kind of, well, one thing real quick. Aaron Donald over four and a half tackles and assists. I think that's a good one. I like if that. You, mm-hmm. if you think that, I mean, he could get two sacks and then that's just two run stops there. Can I give um, you my favorite bet? Yeah, absolutely. Let's My favorite bet of the entire thing that I looked through, and I spent some time digging through DraftKings just because it was fun. It was like the first time I'd really, really looked at it and dug this deep, especially on a Super Bowl. Joe Mixon under 63 and a half rushing yards. That's my favorite bet on the whole thing because I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to do anything on the ground with that beat up offensive line and against that stout Rams rushing defense and I think they're not going to try I think they're going to abandon that rushing game a little bit earlier on in the game and I think they're going to go a lot more pass heavy using T Higgins using Jamar Chase using Tyler Boyd in a lot of that quick screen game action and even Joe Mixon himself is a better receiver than I think a lot of people think and I also think there's a chance for P. Ryan, Chris Evans to get out there and steal some of those rushing yards that they do accrue. So I think that's my favorite bet. And so if you're talking in terms of units, I mean, I might be willing to put like two or three units on that. I really like that bet. Yeah. The only thing that would make me nervous about that is the one major flaw the Rand defense is over pursuit. Sometimes Aaron Donald can be this team's worst enemy in very specific small burst times where he gets in the backfield so quick that the entire play just kind of can, you know, disintegrate in a sense. And I mean, but I mean, that being said, if you're ever basically banking on somebody breaking a big one, stay away from it. So I, I do like the under there. I do have um, a over in his receiving yards tied up in a same game parlay, but we'll get to that in a second. And that's actually where you, if you're going to bet anything, that's where you should start because we get a $10 freebie. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what was the other one? Oh, uh, Joe Burrow over 11 and a half rushing yards. Ooh, I, I like that one too. as much as I also like Matthew Stafford under five and a half rushing, rushing yards. And remember, this is important to remember. This is how I lost a little bit of money last year in the Super Bowl. And they kneel. You're basically losing two rushing yards. So you got to keep that into consideration that I do Mm. think Stafford could get close. I think he might even get to about six yards rushing. You never know. Um, But I mean, if there's a kneel at the end of the game, you can lose that bet still. But that being said, Joey Burrow, we saw him be extremely elusive in the last two rounds, you know, with uh, pockets falling apart and actually being able to shake off some tackles, make some plays down the field. 
I think that he might re- resort to taking off scampering just a couple times in this one with uh, with what you said about the offensive line. Well, and that's why I'm a little worried about that sack total number for the Rams, just because three and a half is a lot of sacks, and Joey Burrow does a good job of, I mean, he's got legit scrambling ability, but he also does a good job of just like those little, little micro movements, just like, mm-hmm. you know, little baby movements to be able to get passes off. But yeah, that's... If it was 10 and a half, I'd like it a lot more, which is weird to say. Like, it's only, what, four <laughs> yards of difference? But I don't mind it. I don't mind it, especially if you've got it tied up in another parlay. That's fun. Yeah. Um. Some of the other ones. Oh, Matt Stafford, anytime Q, uh, TD score um, is at plus 650. Oh, wow. Uh, so that means he has to take the ball across the goal line. But mm-hmm. they have been running more goal line sneak sets lately so mm-hmm. and he's not afraid know. he's not afraid yeah. that's for and he's sure. a he's a big body you want to get mm-hmm. into some uh some of the more fun bets here a little some some weirder that's all ones? i've got yeah i've I've, give, right. I've emptied the clip already on you so you you give me everything you've got uh so these are some of the kind of the goofy ones that i like here <laughs> uh jersey number of first td score Ooh, i okay. went with over 23 and a half Okay. All right. And that right. is coming in at plus 110. Under mm-hmm. 23 and a half was minus 120. Uh, okay. So this is basically saying that I think it could be Joe Mixon. I think it could be. Um, so, I mean, under 23 and a half, we're looking at Cam Akers, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. I mean, Joe Burrow, either one of the quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't mind it. I think that's fun. That's a, that's a fun one for sure. Yeah. So we got Van Jefferson. We got all the tight ends. We and then uh, Sony Michelle and any of the backup uh, yep. running backs for Cincinnati. Yep. So that that's a fun one. Um, a field goal to hit or any kick to hit the upright. Oh, I saw that one. I did four like to that one. one. Yeah. I, I, I think can that's see William Gay putting one off the upright. Uh huh. And then Matt also Gay. Matt Gay. That's his Matt name. Gay, yeah. Um, <laughs> William Gay sounds good too. Uh, that's a good name. <laughs> the, the rookie kicker for Cincinnati has been McPherson. awesome this postseason. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl, though. It's in LA. A lot of bright, shiny cameras. You that never know. kid, no. McPherson's ice, man. He walked out and was like, before he made that kick to send them to the AFC championship game. Have you heard this story? Oh, yeah. Where he was like, hey, it's going to be, we're going to the AFC championship game. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> like, no, he's, I don't think he's hitting upright, but Gay, I think Matt Gay, you, you know, he already came up short on a 50 yarder, I think in the last game, right? Or a 47 mm-hmm. yarder. So yeah. I could see they trying to kick something long end of the half or something like that. Unless they put McPherson out there to kick like a 60 yarder. I think that kid's ice. I think he's the next Tucker. That kid's really good. We'll see, man. It's a Super Bowl. You see, so you're saying that you, you think he doesn't miss a kick. I was looking for McPherson field His goals, point. but I also don't think I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to kick very many field goals because I think they're going to get behind. So I do I like his accuracy. Like if I if I saw some bet like McPherson doesn't miss a kick, I would bet on that. But they don't have that anywhere from what I could find. You might be able to see it as they get closer. More and more goofy props jump up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think his point total was seven and a half. Was his under over? I thought it was um, fifteen. Or no, I think it was gay. It was seven and a half. Yeah, yeah his you're right. number, I think it was McPherson's number was high because I was like, I don't like that because that's like yeah, that's three fifty yarders. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, PATs, but you know, it's how many touchdowns are going to be scored when the um, under over is forty eight. So yep. the other 
kind of goofy one that I have is the octopus. That's will there be eight points scored in one, you know, scoring attempt. Uh, oh. That's 14 to one. And like with you said, this game could get goofy. I mean, I could see either coach doing that just to try to even like score first and just go for two just because. Especially with two coaches that know each other, that worked on the same know staff. Each other well. Just mm-hmm. try and make the, the totals weird. That whole like Chip Kelly thing of like, you know, if I can go up by nine or whatever, it like helps just kind of like fuck with the other team's head coach a little yep. bit. Yeah. So then I have uh, my last bet that I have here is my same game parlay. I don't know if you have you looked at those at all. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I think I only, yeah. Go ahead, give me yours. So it's and for you know just to throw DraftKings a bone here uh, for the Super Bowl, there is something uh, a promotion you can opt into that's ten dollar um, refund for a bet on the same game parlay. So with the ten dollars, I mean, you want to get the odds kind of high. Uh, I mean, you you get it back, so it's risk free. So I like to get it. You get it somewhere between like over 10 to one, basically. Don't go crazy. I mean, I did last night. I did cash in a uh, 10 leg 58 to one NBA parlay. That felt pretty good. I wish I put more than a dollar on it. But uh, so my same game parlay here, I have Joe Burrow under 304 passing yards. Okay. Matt Stafford under 329 passing yards. Okay. Rams four or more sacks. Okay. The Bengals to lose a fumble. Ooh, okay. Mix in over nine and a half receiving yards. I like T- it. T. Higgins, five or more receptions. Ooh, that's a big number. Odell Beckham, four or more receptions. So but it, it's fitting the narrative that we kind of talked about earlier. So I like where your head's at. What what odds did you get on that? That is 11 to 1. Ooh, it feels like it should be like 15 to 1 with that T. Higgins five plus catches. That's the only number that I don't really like. But overall, I think that's a solid idea. I like the idea. Yeah, I, like well, I mean, you you just said that you think the Bengals are going to be throwing the ball a lot. You think they're going to be playing from behind. I do. I do. So, and I can't stress this enough. Darius Williams sucks. <laughs> wait just look out for number 11 on the defense like and, and oh. i know he's he's gonna be on him or tyler boyd so we haven't even talked about the one duck in this game justin hollins who hasn't been getting a ton of run at edge there for the los angeles rams but be on the lookout for good old number 58 he's the only duck in the game so if you want to just have a rooting interest from a duck perspective the rams are definitely your team and we have two ducks johnny munt is on injured reserve and oh, that's why he didn't pop up because he was on IR. Yeah, yeah. He's been hurt pretty much all year. He got hurt like week two or three. Yeah. And then, I mean, Johnny Hecker, Corvallis, he's a beaver. Yeah. He's a little brother. <laughs> it, like, it like halfway counts. I was scrolling through like the, the Bengals roster and it's like there's a lot of like Clemson LSU. They've had a lot of high draft picks. So they yes, got a they lot have. of like a lot of talent. SEC, SEC guys yeah. down there. Well, and how do you not love Johnny Hecker? Like, even if he wasn't a beaver, like, how do you not root for him? And that brings me to what I was listening to the the Greenlight podcast. Shout out Chris Long and all those guys. One of my favorite podcasts right now. And one of his assistants, I don't remember who it was now, was brought up. The team that won the toss has lost the last seven Super Bowls. Hmm. So I think that's fascinating. So that's something to watch early that's on, maybe on some live in-game betting. If you see, you know, maybe if the Bengals lose the the toss or win the toss, you double down right away. I don't know. Just something to keep in mind. I don't know if I'm even going to have that in play, but I thought that was a pretty crazy uh, anomaly of a stat. 
how do you feel about betting like the the coin toss like heads or tails i hate it i mean tails never fails but that's just because you're, you're getting negative odds on both they're giving right, you I mean, negative you, 105 but you're also getting like i mean how how often do you get like a true like 50 50 like literal coin flip but they're not giving you even just give me even odds and i'd feel well, they're like not gonna, i mean that's a nickel <laughs> that, that's the the price you pay for for placing the bet i mean that's <laughs> It's it's because I mean that's one thing that like we kind of talked about. Remember we were talking with Zach about like your what uh, board game would you choose? Just mm. something that's just pure chance. I mean yep. you, you kind of you know you it's 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 a fun way to start the day. I like to go a nice like three four unit bet on tails and just like let's see how the momentum's going immediately. <laughs> Am I going to be Check in the, the green vibe. or the red just <laughs> right now? Hey, so you you like to play roulette then in Vegas? Uh, I never have, but I, I like the idea of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, my other, my buddy, Matt, he's a big roulette guy too. I'm a craps guy. I like to have a little more, a little more control, a little more manipulation of the board there, if you mm -hmm. will. So, all right. I'm that's, not, uh, that's it's, all it's the I've got, man. You got yeah, anything yeah. else? No, that's, uh, that's everything I got too. Um, I'm probably going to find some more things to bet on as the game comes up and as these odds kind of jump around so i mean if you are into you know gambling and stuff it's just i mean check on it like daily and yep. i mean just sometimes things are going to slide around especially with uh i mean it's weird because you would think the rams would be more of a public team being like la but there's actually not that many like rams fans in la and with cincinnati true. being this like cinderella darling i think cincinnati actually might turn into a public team right before the game starts where you're going to see a lot of people betting on what they want to see happen and you might i mean i'd be surprised if it gets back to four but if it does i would definitely get your money in on the rams well and it's interesting to see the public really flock to joe burrow mm -hmm. i think that's really what's going on oh hey we are up to 984 followers on our uh, twitter oh, nice. page so uh yeah, let's try to let's get over a thousand people. I've been trying to get us over a thousand for like a month now. So so give us some love and get us over. Go get us a follow if you don't already. And uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. I think the Bengals have just that underdog. America loves an underdog. People love an underdog. They say they love an underdog at least, and then they really root for favorites most of the time. But <laughs> that's hundred percent true. You know, I'm with you. I'm I'm rooting Rams. How can you not root against a team that wears orange and black if you're a Duck fan? I mean, let's just from a pure aesthetic angle here if you're not rooting against the be excuse me not the beavers the Bengals. if you're not rooting against the Bengals, are you really a duck fan even like come on people you know what's funny about that is i think they have like the best uniforms in like oh, all sports oh no oh, i hate them i hate just the orange and the orange turns me off so much don't like them. I think I love the Rams unis, honestly, and the oh, Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers have the best uniforms in the NFL. Let's be honest. Yeah, I thought it was so funny when uh, the Rams first like unveiled their like logo before like the uniforms came out, and they were just getting dragged through the mud. I was like, just wait. They're not going to put the logo on the helmet. It's still like the horns, man. Yep, that's like yep. the, that's that's what ties it all together. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a it's a nice rug, man. Really ties it all together. <laughs> peed on your rug. what are you uh what's your like super bowl game plan or do you uh you got no game plan laying low here in the condo probably setting it up it's uh yeah that's pretty much that's all we got going on what about you my friend 
I got the I got the day off from work. Uh, I was Scribbles hoping you actually, got the day off. I thought yeah, about that this morning. <laughs> Scribbles is closing for the day, so that's oh, that's really wow. nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody kind of had plans, and then the Rams made it. You know, yep. we did all which kind of was easier that way. So, yep. having a bit of like a friend like reunion. Um, oh, sick! One of my uh, one of my best friends is a Bengals fan. Uh, he's coming over, and then uh, his younger brother is coming up from Coos Bay. One of our good friends growing up is coming down from Salem. Uh, one of our other friends who barely fucking talks to us ever just to confirm that he's coming today uh <laughs> we all so yeah it's it's a lot of us that hung out like middle through middle school through high school and uh, we all haven't been in the same room is this the Ooh, 10 uh, years 10 years something like that oh what video game are we talking about is this that crew is this the video game, the fifth wheel crew? Oh, 100 headquarters. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. This is everybody. Dope. Yeah. Right on. Everybody. Man. That's cool. Yeah. And then uh, a few of us, we actually, some of us got to go out and play a little frisbee golf yesterday with each other. First time. Sick. Uh, like my one of my best friends' fiance's first time. Uh, some of our friends have ever even met her because like it's just a Coos Bay separation. It's just so mm -hmm. hard getting down there and everything. And lives the last few years have been so crazy. But you know, we're all safe and healthy and you know as everything is possible so you know it's it's fun it's gonna be a good time gonna be a good time uh it's dudes reconnecting man that's good yeah. dude stuff. that's good dude yeah. stuff. And in, in realness though that's that's good dude stuff uh -huh. it's hard to reconnect as you get older so this oh, is, i is. like this this is a good touching end of the podcast here. yeah get that, yeah, get that dude stuff i think it's cool too like you know me and my buddy you know we're you know obviously rooting against each other in this one but i think <laughs> regardless how the game ends i think both of us will be happy for one another you know or you know happy for ourselves at the same time so it's kind Absolutely. of a win-win there i mean I've, I've done a lot of shit talking on the Bengals in this podcast but if they win how can you really be all that upset at them either i mean first mm -hmm. ever super bowl victory they, they suffer Ohio people. I mean, I mean, I think having a Super Bowl victory would be pretty awesome. So, yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, you know, Joey Burrow has done like everything that I shouldn't like in rooting interest. And he's still like, I just love the kid, man. He's just fun to watch. I just like his attitude. It's true. I, I, it's, he's hard to root against. I'll give you that. He's really, really hard to root against. All right, man. Think that's all we got for today. As always, people, take care of your chicken. He's brushing his teeth. Get it. Take care of your chicken. Take care of your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you. We out. Peace. Sorry.
You've been so good to me. You've been so good to me. You know you make me wanna lift my head up and throw my hands back and come on now, come on now, a little bit softer 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 now, a little bit louder now. Shout a little bit softer now. Shout a little bit softer now. Shout a little bit louder. 